0: Hey everybody, and welcome to the 18th episode of DCI. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. In this episode, I got to sit down and talk with Jeanette Garcia and Daryl Rodriguez, who are currently working on a Kickstarter project so that they can fund their history of video games film, World 1-1. So we talk about where that idea came from, uh, what they're going to be covering in this first chapter of that, um, and obviously, you know, what your Kickstarter funds go towards And what you can get in return So we had a really great conversation And uh, I hope you enjoy it If you want to find out more about Dark Station You can do that at darkstation.com If you want to follow us on Twitter You can do that at darkstation underscore com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes We are the Dark Cast uh, While you're there, give us a review Let us know what you think of the show And uh, and finally, if you want to send us an email You can do that at podcasting At darkstation. If you want to find out more about the uh, Kickstarter campaign for World 1-1, then check out the links in the show notes of this episode. Thanks for listening, now on with the show. Thank you guys for joining us on the Dark Cast. So glad you could be here, well, virtually. Anyway, Uh, can you tell us who we're talking to?
1: Oh, hi, I'm Jeanette. Um, Part of the uh, World One One documentary.
0: Um. Uh, I'm Daryl
2: Rodriguez. Um, I'm also me and her are the co-creators of the documentary.
1: Okay,
0: awesome. So, what are you what are you guys actually doing on the the documentary? Obviously, co-creating, but. What are your, kind of your roles with it? What are you doing day to day with World One One?
2: I mean, we're pretty much we're both pretty much doing uh, everything. I mean, it's a small okay. team, small group. It's me and her. We have some other people that are, are helping us. Um, they're probably not going to be always be there. You know, we're the ones that are always going to be there. So we're pretty much just wearing uh, every kind of hat, doing everything.
1: Yeah. Uh, for now, we've been promoting like crazy. So we've been trying to contact websites and game developers, and uh, also trying to find. Possible new interviewees for our documentary mm-hmm. uh, and you know doing a lot of promotional work for now.
0: Okay, very cool. Um, so has kind of the, the work on the project uh, I mean obviously there's there's gonna be a lot of work um, <clears throat> anyway but I mean as far as the the kind of filming and that sort of thing has that started up yet or is that kind of pending on the, the Kickstarter?
1: Yeah um, we need to we actually need the funds in order to get it started. Okay. Um, we're planning on beginning the interview process if all goes according to plan uh, in December. Oh, awesome. So,
2: yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the thing is that <clears throat> we're here in, in in Florida, Miami, Florida, and 100% of the people we're in, oh well, no, there's one person, but almost 100% of the people we're interviewing are, you know, they're somewhere else nationally, usually mostly in the, in the West Coast. So right. it's a lot of getting our equipment over there and staying over there for as long as we need to to cram in all the interviews, and that's really where the bulk of the expenses come in.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um, so you mentioned equipment. Do you guys already have um, some stuff to kind of do the recording and the filming? Are you you renting it? Uh, I'm just kind of asking for my own personal thought processes because I was a uh, VisCom major partially when I was in college, so I, I got yeah. to lug around lots of camera equipment. <laughs>
2: yeah I mean we do have some equipment, but we're trying to get stuff that's a lot better a lot of our stuff is is good to a certain point but when you want to do a production like this you you know you want it, you want it to look as good as it can look and you know people will be able to tell that it's something done you know it's a high scale production or it's something that's you know not very good
0: sure sure uh so what are your guys' actual kind of background what are you doing when you're not? Doing or what were you doing before you started doing World War One One?
2: I'm a videographer here in my, uh, uh, I'm a videographer here in Miami. Um, i film private events, commercials, stuff like that. Um, go, you want to go ahead?
1: Oh yeah, I um, I teach at Florida International University. I teach writing and rhetoric, and I also hmm. tutor as a graduate tutor. Um, and then on the side, um, him and I actually started a a small kind of project, documentary project earlier this year. Um, but then we started considering this, this one and we wanted to go forward with this one instead.
0: Okay. Very cool. So, so what was the inspiration? What kind of made you decide to go with this over the other project?
2: Well, I mean, the other project just kind of slowed down. We were doing, you know, like we had day jobs, we were doing our day to day thing. And then it was around the time that PAX Prime started happening. I mean, well, I guess I should say like, we, I started this idea a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Started reading on video game history, and you know, I, as, after reading the, the, the material, I started to think, you know, what I'm, I think of, you know, I'm a film person. I think, so what, what has there been done in in, uh, in the filmmaking world, you know, for video game history, mm-hmm. and there is there is there is some stuff out there, but there's really not that much stuff out there. We found out that a lot of documentaries are made on other subjects, such as food, for example, but for some reason video game industry, which is a big industry Mm -hmm. nowadays and always really has been, um, there's really not that much material out there. So, Mm uh, you know, I, I love this subject and and this is what I do. And I want to basically, I want to make something that I would want to watch, um, you know,
0: very cool. Um, so you're obviously kind of telling the history of video games. I mean, that's, you know, in the Kickstarter description. Um, and you're starting with uh, Atari, so can you kind of talk about what. Is World 1 1 the entire series, or is that just Chapter 1? Is the next one going to be World 2 1?
2: That... That's a good question. Um, <laughs> we actually wanted to do the entire thing, um, and we kind of came to the conclusion that it's too much. It's just too much for a 60, 90 minute thing. <laughs> we actually think that what we're doing now is, is also. Also, too much—not um, too much, but there's a lot. There's just sure. too much material, and we just have to be honest about it. There's no way that we can mention everything. It'll be too informative, and it'll just overwhelm the the viewer. Sure. So we actually we're not starting with the, the Atari years. We're starting. We're trying to start from the beginning. Um, we're trying. We're focusing on the Atari years, but
0: we're trying to start before that. Okay. Um, so like tennis for two.
2: I want to say even before that, like oh. um. Awesome. Even just, I guess, the birth of computers and just a okay. little bit about that. And, and then into the early, early stuff, you know, like the chess and all that stuff. And then, and then we lead to Atari in the 70s.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, that is, that is a lot. Uh, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I remember just, again, kind of randomly um, when I was in college, I'd, I had to do a, a paper on the, the rise of some media. And so I chose video games. Um, and I was going to do, like, the entire history of video games. And then I started researching it. And in a seven-page paper, I got two Atari. Like, it was all arcades and, like, older computers. And I was like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. That that didn't turn out the way I thought it would.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: There's so much in there. And you're right, you know, there's not a lot of stuff out there. Uh, so that is that is really awesome. Um, are there any specific machines uh, that you're going to be kind of focusing on in um, this kind of chapter? so. I, I guess one thing to kind of clarify, uh, this is chapter one of your documentary mm-hmm. series, right
1: You're yeah right just this this will just cover the the first chapter, okay um, and then if all goes well, we'd like to continue. Mm-hmm. so um, the preceding one would uh hopefully touch upon Nintendo okay um, and it would be World one two and then so forth, you know until uh, we reach currently you know okay. what's going on with video games right now
0: Yeah, awesome um so in in this first chapter then uh what are some of the i guess tent poles that you were guys that you guys are kind of looking at talking about and discussing sorry, go
1: no, no, go, you go.
0: i'm sorry i i I
2: couldn't really understand what you said you said what what are the, the what are
0: sorry. what are some of the uh the tent poles like the the big consoles or the big okay. um games that you want to be discussing in this first chapter
2: um i mean as far as consoles I think we'll probably uh, focus on the Odyssey. Um, it, mm-hmm. If you're going to talk about Atari, I think you should mention the Odyssey and Ralph Bear. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, we'll probably mention the well. We're going to focus on the on the VCS, the twenty six hundred, and we're going to focus on. We're not going to focus on the consoles themselves more as a, a general thing. But if we if it were one or two consoles, it would be the Odyssey and the uh, the VCS.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so if, if you're not kind of focusing on the the consoles is, are there particular games or game makers that you're wanting to to hone in on and, and interview and kind of talk about?
1: Uh, well yeah, yeah we're really focused on the personalities of of the time and mm-hmm. sort of you know their contribution to the industry and and the inception of the industry um, We're covering obviously uh, Nolan Bushnell is going to be in it um, as a co-founder of Atari and kind of getting his perspective on getting the company going. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also looking at uh, game developers like Donna Bailey who did Centipede, uh, Warren Romnett who did uh, Adventure, mm-hmm. uh, and some others. So we want to get their perspectives on you know, what it was like creating these games, uh, being part of these teams, and, and just collaborating with everyone,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and just being a part of that time.
0: Awesome. Um, so, I mean, obviously you're going to talk about the game E.T., right, at some point? That's yeah, yeah, that yeah. Um, now in your description of, um, in the, the Kickstarter page, you kind of talk about it having sort of a narrative flow, um, to it, that it's not just going to be, you know, random interview after random interview. Um, how, how do you kind of see that being structured? Like what, I guess, what's the story you're, you're trying to tell?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I guess the way we came at it or the way we're coming at it is that, we're looking at it, I guess what what we're trying to say in those words is that we're looking at it from a narrative perspective as opposed to an informative perspective. We're trying to find a, a story from, from everything that happened, you know, at the same time. Uh, you know, those things, a lot of things happen and they happen at the same time. So it's, you know, in a book, I think you can cover everything, but in a film, it, it if you were to go see a movie and then there's like 10 things happening at once, it would be kind of confusing. So we're trying to find one you know, one story arc. I know it sounds like it's, it's a fictional work, but you know, we're, we're trying to get the history that's there, the story that's out there, and then mm-hmm. tell the most coherent uh, story that we can.
1: Yeah, I think once we compile all the, the interview material, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have a better sense of exactly how that story is going to work out. Sure. But for now, since we haven't yet uh, obtained that sort of we, – we don't really have the material to kind of work with. We have a, a, an outline, a, an arc that we're going for, but i think once we have the actual perspectives and the experiences we'll be able to work work with it
2: sure. the main the main thing i guess for us is that we we've contacted people but we haven't we're not able we haven't been able to schedule with everyone
3: mm-hmm. and confirm
2: everyone so and i think that's what's going to that's the the thing that is going to make it it's what that's what's going to make it uh take time take months to do so we can go back and we can you know, interview people that we couldn't interview earlier, you know, initially. And that's, we, we want to do that. That's going to make it better. That's what's going to make it good. But that's what's going to make it take time as well and money as well. Yeah. To go back and interview <clears throat> people here. And there. Yeah.
1: Because, I mean, right now we have the confirmed, we have the individuals on our page that we mentioned, which is about like, I think eight, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more around there. And then we're still in the process of finding others, um, which will definitely add to that narrative and give it more more depth. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, that also, you know, we have to budget that and work it into into our funds.
0: Right, right. So I've got to imagine that it's, it's an incredibly daunting thing to kind of set out on this. Uh, one, because, I mean, as we've said a couple times now, there's not really a, a definitive visual history of video games. Um, but also because a lot of what you guys are going to say in the final product is dependent on what the people that you talk to say. And, I mean, just kind of thinking about other Kickstarter projects, you know, when you're talking about making a game, it's like, you can go ahead and write the story, and you've got the story, and you say, this is what it's going to be about. But in a lot of ways, you don't actually know what your story's going to be, because you don't know what kind of interesting tidbits, you know, Nolan Bushnell is going to lay on you. Um, That I don't know. I, I guess I don't really have a question in that, but that just seems incredibly daunting.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I guess another way to, to to say it would be that we, we can't speak for them. You know? Right. We we're telling the story through their words and, you know, we're not going to tell them to say this or say that. So yeah. that's, I guess that's part of the challenge. And it's really just a matter of one preparation on our part and two getting as many of the people who were there
1: on board. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I I do see it as a as a huge challenge, but at the same time it's exciting because you know, we have we have this vision of what we'd like it to be, you know? Um sure. and we have all these wonderful um people on board and and it's exciting to to see their perspective, you know, to to be, see their perspectives and then um make that into a solidified narrative. So mm-hmm. um and just, you know, it it's exciting not knowing at the same time what we we're going to be getting, what what kind of material we're going to be And I think our audience should also be excited um, because uh, just as we're going to be surprised, you know, I'm sure they will be, by this information.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, I mean, obviously you guys have been, you know, doing some research into this kind of in the the previous months and years. Is there anything terribly interesting that, you know, I don't want to give any spoilers away for the the final movie, but is there anything that you can kind of talk about that you find out that, you know, maybe wasn't common knowledge or just stuff that you've learned that – surprised you about the you know origins of video games um, yeah
2: go for it <laughs> um, you mean as far as something, something that surprised us
0: yeah just something in kind of in doing research that you uh, either didn't know happened or you you know were just surprised at, you know I don't know just how much it costs to to make something or one of the I deals guess... that happened between two companies or just anything anything that kind of has caught your attention and working with this?
2: I guess um, I guess I would say a couple things. Like for example, I guess the one thing that really surprised me and, and something that we we tried to actually highlight is that they were making games before the the processor was was invented, and and that to me it's like um, for me I guess from my limited experience in computers and programming, to me it was it was it was, it was a surprise that you know I thought like. Well, how did you know? How did they do it? Well, what did they do? Mm-hmm. That was that was surprising to me, and I think that it it, it shows their, I guess, ingenuity. You know, their sure. creativity and their ingenuity. And yeah, the other surprising thing for me was that I didn't realize how big of a company Atari was when it exploded.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I mean, I, I, i'm you know, I was born in the '80s, so I was kind of, I'll, I'll be honest, I admit it, I was kind of after. You know, I wasn't alive in the 70s, you know. So, but reading about it, I didn't realize how big they were
3: mm-hmm.
2: when they exploded. How, how big were they? I mean, it's, it, from what I've read, at the time, they were the fastest growing American company at the time. Wow. That so is
3: large. It's pretty significant, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, did... I mean, did Atari just make games and consoles, or did they do anything else to be that big?
2: They did other things. Um, yeah, they they made com they well yeah they made computers. Okay. They tried to do other things. They did pinball. They were st- still doing that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Made the arcade games for a long time. The arcade uh, machines cabinets. Um, I would say that the the biggest revenue came from uh, the home console.
3: Okay. I would
2: say, I would say it's actually. The Pong console, uh, the Pong, the Pong arcade, Pong console, the clones, uh, all the stuff they they ported over from Japan. The home, co- I guess it's a lot of things, but it's mostly you know the Pong stuff. The the 2600 that stuff is is uh, probably the most brought in the most revenue.
0: For me. Okay. What about you, Jeanette? Anything uh, in particular that's kind of caught your eye or attention?
1: Um, well, I really liked the, I guess, the working culture of, of the time um, and sort of like uh, the kinds of motivations that the, the programmers had at the time, um, especially under Bushnell and mm-hmm. sort of, you know, the way that he would run the business in, in sort of a very casual um, sort of just a fun environment to work in mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and a surprisingly high productivity. And in a, within a successful company as well, so I, I feel like that to me is something that I, I want to learn more about, and and kind of like you know get more of his perspective and more of his stories behind that.
0: Very cool, very cool. Um, so obviously you guys are, um, you know, running this on on Kickstarter and trying to get back to there. Uh, what you've kind of talked about it a little bit before, but what exactly are backers paying for when they when they back? World one
2: one. Well, I mean, it, it depends on, on the reward. I guess the core thing would be to fund the production of the of the movie. You know, the actual filming. The you know the production phase. I guess. Um, as far as the rewards, just different rewards. Um, I'm not sure if that's what you were asking. Like, we offer, for example, uh, disc versions, digital versions, all the way up to even offering to interview that person, or not even interview, but a lower one is to. Uh, for them to submit a video to us talking about, you know, what it means to them. Because one thing is, like, we like to have uh, a certain control over the quality. For example, if someone wants to talk about what it is, a lot of people say, oh, we want to talk, and we say, well, you know, we're going to try to do our best, you know, to speak to (laughs) you, but it's... It's really not possible on on the budget that we have to to speak to everyone,
3: mm-hmm. so
2: we, we do give the option for people to submit videos, but as far as the core people who are going to be featuring in the movie, we try to make sure that that we go to them and with our equipment and, and you know we do it correctly i say I guess I would say
0: gotcha, gotcha.
1: Is that sort of like what you meant like what um or do you mean as, as a final product as as a backer what what to expect
0: um well i mean i was I was asking about what they're actually.
1: Um, okay, like, what their okay. money is
0: going to and, right. and I also want to know what they what backers can receive in terms of uh, I guess reward tiers uh, but that particular yeah. question I was kind of just wondering what uh, What they're actually funding what their kind of money is going right. to um, on your end. Yeah,
1: exactly. The the funding would it's gonna cover travel
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, equipment and then also um, we did calculate the rewards, like, parts of the rewards in there. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, you know, actually making the Blu-rays and DVDs and making the shirts and then also uh, mailing those out because there's the shipping costs and all that. Sure. If you're in the U.S., we didn't charge for shipping, but International does have a little small fee mm-hmm. for some of the tiers. Um, and then, yeah, we have several different rewards uh, ranging from, you know, $10, $10 get to a digital wallpaper and then you move on up to 20 and you get a digital download of the film. And you get your name on the special thing. No, I'm sorry. That is is it? I think, yeah, I
3: think right. <laughs> You get
1: the the special thanks, and then uh, you move on up to 35, sure. and you can get um, a Blu-ray. No, sorry, a DVD. DVD. It's sorry, DVD. <laughs> <laughs> it's a DVD. And then the 50, uh, 50s Blu-ray. Okay. And then it works its way up to 100, which is um, the T-shirt. We added the T-shirt, and then also behind-the-scenes footage that you get exclusive um, uh, dibs to. And then we move to 200, which is uh, what he mentioned, that we would include a short video um, of someone's testimony. Or if you're a game developer, we can feature um, a short 30-second trailer of your uh, game. And then I believe the one after that is 1,000, right? Mm -hmm. Which is... uh, that's the one we we travel to. No, no, no. no that's sorry. the
0: executive. Center. That's the
1: executive producer. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, like yeah. You're, you're, our, get,
0: you're getting a little excited. It's okay. It's... Yeah, <laughs> our,
1: brain, our brain is just Kickstarter every every minute every second. Sure. Um. Yeah. A thousand is uh, gets you producer. executive producer. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, five thousand gets you um, the fact if that we'll travel out back. to you and right. interview you um, if you're in the U.S.
0: Okay. Very cool. Yep. Um so it's sadly not a secret that there are a lot of kickstarters that don't make it what happens if you guys don't reach your goal like does does this get put on hold does it just take longer do we still get to see world one 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 or one 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 um what what kind of happens in i guess that scenario that's a good question um I, we don't really have an answer for that, uh, as far as what will
2: happen. Um, I guess what I would say is that we want to make this, uh, no matter what.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, if the Kickstarter doesn't go through, we may or may not be able to make it. I, you know, I can't, I can't really say tell the future. You no, know? I can't say, oh, we're going to find another way. We're going to find an investor. There's no way, there's no way for us to know. We want sure, to make sure. this thing, you know.
1: Yeah, and it, it won't be. If, if we don't you know receive this kind of funding it's not going to be the same thing that we're promising you know now, you yeah. know it's gonna be something else um, unless like Daryl said you know we, yeah, we we get an investor and that's not something we were actually going for we we're going for the creative control mm, and gotcha. being able to do something that you know we were we, we can make the decisions ourselves as opposed to having someone else make them for us
2: right I get correct yeah, cool. no I, was, I was say I guess I would say that if we were able to find an investor that it would be it would be different. It would be we may even be able to get more money, but it would it wouldn't be the same thing. Sure. Sure. It would be different. We would be answering to someone who's putting their money down and they're in, they're, they're gonna have a say, a very large say in, in what they think is good or bad or, you know, right or wrong, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, sorry to take the the interview to that dark place. I hate it when I have <laughs> to do that, but yeah, it's one of those questions that just it kind of needs an answer. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> thank you guys for being you know transparent and all that. Um. So I you know I, I guess that means everyone that's listening, you need to go back this because it looks really cool. So oh, yes, go please. do that. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh. So. Let's see. I don't think I, r- I really have any more questions, kind of around the project. Uh, but we do like to end all of our interviews uh, with a little questionnaire that we call the end game. Um, and so they're a little bit more personal questions. Uh, you can answer them as seriously or humorously as you want to. Um, but uh, it's kind of inspired by the James Lipton Inside the Actors Guild uh, questionnaire. <laughs> so uh, let
2: me, and let me say that we, we were actually. We actually discovered that show recently. I mean, we knew it existed, but we didn't. We never started watching it until recently. Oh yeah? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We're watching it now, like yeah. more loyally. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Uh, well, the uh, this whole question was actually, um, I guess, thought up by our other regular uh, interview host, uh, Brian Tyler, who actually lives in Jacksonville, so not far from oh, you. Oh, well,
3: okay, yeah. I guess
0: he is kind of on the other side of the state, but not that far, respectively. <laughs> yeah. Um, but OK, so here we go. And you can, you know, whoever thinks of the answer first can answer first. But both of you uh, are welcome to answer um, these questions. So the first one is, who is your favorite video game protagonist? Oh, um, yeah, these are yeah. off the wall. They're crazy. Oh,
1: God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Link. Uh, okay. Yeah, I really love Link.
2: Well, wow, I mean that that's a hard question just to just to be just to be, you know, quick. I guess I'm just going to say and I I really like the Saul Snake character. Okay. You know, people say he's the, you know emotionless, but I think he's an interesting uh human being, I guess. Sure. Or clone or
0: whatever. Good deal. Okay. So, so uh so flipping that on its head, who's your favorite antagonist?
1: Oh, um hmm.
0: I I think I have a good one, but it's a spoiler. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: mm. uh, go ahead. No, I'm gonna go for it. Uh, right. yeah.
1: No, go go.
3: Okay. Yeah,
2: we we can do spoilers. I, it's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say Joel from The Last of Us. Okay. I I would I would say that it's not really a spoiler. It's kind of up in the air. It's what you think of the, the character of a person, or you know. I mean,
1: or... I I see him as like more of an antihero, sure. but
2: no.
1: I I love Joel too. Yeah, Ellie <laughs> Ellie. I would say Ellie is also. Uh, one of my top protagonists too. Okay. Um antagonist? Mm-hmm. Oh jeez. Um hmm. Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Um, I mean Ocelot. Also, uh, also is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Also lot. Okay. I like Ocelot. I'm lo- I'm really looking forward to the new Metal Gear game. Um okay. Which one? Forward- oh, uh, well there- there's, there's
0: like Five Phantom. coming out, yeah. The, the
1: Phantom Pain, um, okay, yeah, yeah, because I, I think they're building the, the ground, uh,
0: ground, uh, ground zero.
1: zeros, yeah. yeah, the ground zeros built in, I think, into Phantom Pain. Like, it's, I guess we don't really like, know, yeah, I, we don't know, is, we don't know if it's going to be two games or one, but we're looking forward to any of it, so.
0: <laughs> gotcha, good deal. Um, okay, so. This is a completely different type of question. What is your least favorite overused theme and/or element in games? So the elements, the the gameplay mechanics, the the themes, whatever that are just all over the place, and you hate them. Hmm.
2: It's kind of it's a good question.
3: I'm yeah. Sorry.
2: Let me see, let me think. Or use theme elements. Element
0: so, I mean, it can be anything from characters having amnesia to red barrels to anything. It, you can't use either one of those because I just said them, but for anything <laughs> else, fair game.
2: I would say, I mean, this is kind of like an easy way out, but it's something that i actually, I actually... <clears throat> I would say on-rails sequences, for example... Mm-hmm. We're talking about Ground Zeroes, Metal, Metal Gear Solid five and if, I saw I watched the video recently, and there's a part where it's kind of like an on rail section. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, I was like, w- "What is this? Like, why are you doing this? Like, you know, I don't like this. Who likes this? You know, like it doesn't. I don't know. Sure, I? Sure. I'm gonna go with that. Um,
1: okay. <clears throat> For me, I think uh, at times, certain games, like when you're uh, trying to find certain items, it's like always the same items again mm-hmm. and again. Like, I don't want to mention any specifics. I have one in mind, but I don't want to go there. Um, we're like, you keep, you know, the whole game, you're trying to find these things and these things, and then they don't really, towards the end of the game, doesn't really do anything for the game. Okay. Um, it's, I'm not talking about achievements or anything like that. I'm talking about actual items that, you know, you you know,
0: using the game. So like the like secret collectibles that you would find in, I don't know, an old Tomb Raider game or No
1: no no. Like actual (laughs) items in the game that you're supposed to use either to recover health or you know things like that. Okay. Where you spend the majority of the time trying to like scavenge these Mm -hmm. and then in the end you you end up with like a plethora of them like unused. Mm -hmm. And you're like, man, why did I spend so many times opening drawers or (laughs) looking under, you know, rocks or, you know, looking through brush and then you know Yeah. So
0: Yeah. I think uh, one of my least favorite things in this, I don't think there's anything game makers can do about it. It's it's something wrong with my own head. But it's when I'm you know in the middle of a boss fight and I have almost no health left. But I have like 12 health packs, but I don't want to use them because what if the next boss is even harder? <laughs> so yeah. it you know I, I try to get through this boss battle with, even though I've got so many health packs, trying not to use any just because I'm a crazy person. But yeah. anyway. That sounds like you've been playing a lot of Dark Souls or... Uh, not no actually i i can't get uh i've tried i got about 10 hours into that game and hours is a lot uh, i got four hours into the first one and i said no nope. and i only i mean i probably in a normal game that would have probably been like 45 minutes of content but yeah i just kept going and um I've, I've told this story before but you guys haven't heard it so new audience i get to tell it again um I was in the uh, – in Dark Souls, there's this beast thing that sits on a, like, wall. It's not the first boss that you fight, but it's, like, kind of the second one. Uh, but he's not really a boss. And, um, yeah, I I couldn't beat him, and I would die, and I would, you know, be able to go back and get my souls and kind of reclaim them, and then I'd die again. And I literally did that for hours. And as you know, relatively new player, I had ten, twenty, some odd thousand souls, and then I died and lost them, and then I uninstalled it from my computer, and I haven't played it since. Uh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> there's a certain point where there's a lot of games out there
2: to play, right now, always. Um, always. And yeah. <laughs> when you play a game like that, and, and you have like, and you're not, you know, thirteen years old, I guess you you kind of have to like, well.
0: When you have yeah. like, a, a job, and, exactly, you can't know, you spend twelve hours playing one game to get through one section.
1: Yeah, yeah. and that's something that we're experiencing now. Like we've, we've we've been like urging to play, and then we're like, nope, nope, not yet. No, we got to keep, <laughs> got to keep pushing on this. We and, haven't,
2: we haven't even played Grand Theft Auto Five.
1: Yeah, we haven't, which is, you know, yeah. surprising, but yeah. we haven't even touched it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've I've got my own thoughts about that. I'm not among the majority. I don't know. Oh. That, that, the game makes me feel dirty. I don't, I don't know. I just I feel like a terrible person. I got some four or five hours into it and I was just like, I just wanna not be a part of this world. If this if these are the like my fellow citizens, I just want to run away because this everyone's a terrible just bastard. <laughs> but okay, anyway, moving on. Uh what is your favorite console? <laughs>
2: Do you want to go first, or...?
1: Uh, I mean, I have a lot of fond memories of the N64, just because it was the... I mean, in my household, they weren't big on video games, so it was the first console that I was able to have and say, this is mine, and, like, be able to play it, like, nonstop.
3: Mm-hmm. So I
1: have incredibly fond memories of the N64. Um, As of, like, recently, I I tend to gravitate towards the PS3.
2: Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um... She 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 kinda stole my answer.
0: All right. I, so, I <laughs> so you gotta come up with a new one.
2: No, i will just I'll, kidding. I'll try to elaborate a little bit. I, I really do I guess my answer would be the NCC four. <laughs> There's a lot of games. My two favorite games came out. Well, one of them was a PlayStation game, that doesn't make sense, but it came it came out around that time. And I guess I would say I mean I, I like a number of different ones, the Dreamcast I liked for when you know when it was, you know, alive. Um I really liked the. I mean, the, the play. I never owned an original PlayStation, but I played most of the games. So for me, it was it was kind of like an. It was always like a. Like very close, but very far, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that I guess it's kind of different. Um, I also I also like the GameCube a lot. I think. Um, it kind of it was like in the in the background around mm-hmm. the time, but I sure. think it had a had a lot of good games.
1: Yeah, and the Game Boy can't forget the yeah. Game Boy. Sure. Uh, that was my companion as well. <laughs> Played that a lot. All
0: right. So the next question is: If you could try any other profession, no holds barred, you know, unlimited resources, you can do whatever you want. What would you want to try to do? Oh. wow. <laughs> I would say.
2: I mean, kind. Of, it's kind of like it's again an easy answer, but I would say game game designer. Okay. It's something you know I find very interesting. <clears> That's <throat> something even just even just being a producer actually of video games is interesting and if I had unlimited financial resources I would open up a game company
1: yeah I mean i'm I'm kind of on the same page with that too
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh aside from that I'd love to be an astronaut and be able to go into space that's uh-huh. been something that since I was a kid I wanted to do that um but yeah you know high dreams high hopes <laughs> actually
2: i I went I researched recently <clears throat> yesterday um if you pay uh, for five thousand dollars, you mm-hmm. can actually go into zero g flight, <clears throat> even though it's not in space. <clears throat> Sorry. For I think a hundred grand, you can go into suborbital flight, <clears throat> and then they also offer flights that are. <clears throat> Sorry, I need some water here. They also offer flights to the the International Space Station. So I think that
1: um, we're moving towards it, that yeah, right in, now. In, you know, <laughs> So maybe Ten. maybe it's not too, you know, impossible or anything like yeah.
2: that. Ten, sure. A couple of decades from now, 10, yeah. 20, 30 years, I think.
1: I'll
2: wait. I'll wait. Those were, that $100,000
0: ticket is going to go down the Yeah, way. I
1: hope so. Oh, hope yeah. So.
0: They're going to be know. Uh, 10, 20 bucks. It'll be cheaper than flying to Philadelphia. That'll be great.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, all right. So last question is, when you reach the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom and Toad is there with the book <laughs> of the deeds of your life, what do you want him to say to you? Sorry, but the princess is in another castle. <laughs> you, you really? That's what you want to hear?
3: No, no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess I
2: would say, um, I guess or I would want him to say, uh, you know, good hustle, good job.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've just, you know, uh, you've lived a good life. Seems like, you know, you had a good time and uh, you tried to be the best person you could be and... Um, you tried to do the most with your time. That's pretty much it.
2: So a pat on the back, basically.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> good job. I I think, like, for me, I just, I want to get a lot done while I'm here. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I really want to, um, you know, get my creative projects going. Um, and also, you know, connect with people and, mm-hmm. and listen to where they're coming from, listen to their stories, and, and learn from, from not just my experiences, but other people's experiences.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I find that valuable, so...
0: All right, so listeners, I'm going to say something straight to you right now. If that did not just warm your heart, (laughs) you need to go repent and back this project. And if it did warm your heart, then you probably are doing that right now. Anyway, so good job. So, all right, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, It was really great talking to you. If you could just tell our listeners where they can go to find out any more information about World 1-1, where they can go to back it, and when they need to back it by.
1: Yes. Okay. So the deadline is November sixth, and you can go just Google us World One Dash One, uh, kick and K- Kickstarter. Sorry, I'm sorry. You can go to Kickstarter.com, and then in the search box put World One Dash One. That's probably the easiest thing. Okay. Um, we're also on Facebook, so you can check us out there. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate your support, and thank you so much for having us on, and we really appreciate everything.
2: Yeah. Um- <clears throat> I think if you actually – if you go to Kickstarter and you even search for video game documentary, you can find this. But I guess if, if you guys are going to print something – so like a lot of people might not uh, understand how it's spelled out. So it's World 1-1, like the number 1-number 1. Yeah, you'll, you'll find this for sure if you just search that into Google um, with the Kickstarter. Um, also, uh, yeah, I want to add that Um, I think a lot of people – when they, a lot of people who read the history – are not are the people who don't read it are the people I guess who don't know it that, that kind of sounds a little weird but I think a lot of the people who watch this movie they're gonna see the people who made the games industry and they're gonna be surprised that number one they're still around and number two like they're gonna be surprised who they are and what they have to say
1: yeah
0: awesome very cool uh, thank you once again for joining us I wish you the best of luck
1: no thank you and for having uh,
0: us have a great night.